Welcome to the PEO podcast, where we interview industry leaders to discuss all things PEOs. From compliance to technology to client relations and everything in between. I'm your host, Andreas Toller. Our program is really, again, based off of our experience. You know, it's it's funny as a team we talk about all the time, you know, if we had if we could do it different, well, now we can, you know, now we have the opportunity. We're all here together to do to kind of serve that same purpose. Welcome to another episode of the PEO podcast. Today, Andreas is joined by Kelly Gottner, Chief Human Resources and Client Experience Officer at Connectify HR. They talk about what it's like to build a brand at a startup and why client and community engagement is crucial at every step. Great to have you here, Kelly. I want to wanna understand, you know, one thing. I always like to start conversations with, with that. Like, is there something like an f- interesting fact that your team maybe doesn't know about you? Wow, that's a that's a good question. I well, I was born and raised in Iowa, and most of my team, most of my team knows that, but what they don't know is Iowa is a corn state and I do not like corn. I don't like it on the cob. I don't like it shelled. I don't like it creamed. So I don't know if that's interesting, but you know, from a career perspective, I, I would say they don't know. Um, I did participate in a gubernatorial camp back in the early 2000s and that was very interesting and definitely opened my eyes, I think, to things that I, that I wasn't aware of that were, that, that go on in that industry and in that, that field. So, but nonetheless, lessons learned and, and it was a good experience. Well, thanks. Thanks for sharing that. On the, on the corn side, is that like an algae or just like a taste thing where I said like, you know, it's, it's, it's not, it's not for me. Yeah. It's definitely not an allergy, just okay. a, a taste thing, I think. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, corn, corn has so many uh, different things today, but let's, yeah. let's, let's move away from, from the corn and jump into human resources here and uh, get started. How do you, and tell us about your career journey, right? Where, where you started and, 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 and how you got to where, where you are right now. Sure. Well, my journey really started off in college. I received a bachelor's in human resource management from one of our state universities here. It was something where I always knew that I wanted to go in HR. I, I can't tell you why that is, but I just, I had a feeling and a sense that that's what I wanted to do. And my first job out of college was for a local professional employer organization or PE in Des Moines. And for me at the time, I didn't know that those existed. And so to be a young HR professional, working at an HR company, I mean, that was really nirvana. I mean, mm-hmm. it's the best of both worlds. And and in that role, it was really amazing to see um, how we can make a difference in the lives of small and medium-sized businesses. And and I would say from there is where I kind of really got hooked, um, hooked into that industry. And I left for a little bit, about four years, again, kind of did some other things and and ended up keeping in contact with individuals I worked with. And and so I went back to the same PEO I I worked at previously. And I think it was really in that period of time where I realized that that was truly my passion um, and where I wanted to work. So so let's let's dive into that for a second here. You mentioned your your passion, right? So you you took a step maybe outside of, of, you know, the the, the age role and, and then you decided to go back. What is that passion? What gets you up uh, in the morning? You know, it's funny because I I would probably class my, classify myself as an introvert mm-hmm. and HR is really being with people. But for me, it's it's being able to impact, you know, from an internal HR perspective, being able to see our employees grow and develop and move up in their careers and 
gain new skills and talents. And so that's energizing um, to me. And then from more of an HR service delivery perspective, it's just seeing the impact on businesses. You know, they don't know, they didn't go into whatever they do for their business, you know, to learn HR. And so being able to support them, it's it's gratifying daily. There's many, many stories that I have that I continue to take with me that where we made an impact and and that's kind of what gets me gets me out of bed in the morning. So so you mentioned earlier in your answer the the concept of growing people. We both share that passion, right? I think it's it's really fascinating. It's it's, it's rewarding. And oftentimes, you know, the employee maybe over three or five years, they grew a lot, but like we're all in our own heads. We don't quite see how we develop, right? Is there a way for you to to quantify that to the employees, right? Or make that a little more tangible rather than just saying like, wow, you are at a totally different level now? Yeah, it's hard because I think that that's, that that's different for, you know, every person. I know even for myself, when I look at my career experience and how I've grown, it, you know, it's, it's how my interests have changed. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to love the transactional HR stuff, you know, and now yeah. it's, it, as I've grown up in the field, I, you know, I can do those things, but that's not where, you know, my, my interest really lies and nor, nor my talents. And so it's, it is, I think, you know, you can, you can visualize and help employees understand kind of how far they've come. But I think they really have to, there's moments where I think we all as individuals realize that in ourselves and, and that's where it, it gets powerful. Yeah. And reflecting on those experiences and what, what, what happened, I think is, is, is really powerful in that. So you mentioned that like your own interest shifted, right? Maybe from initially you said like more transactional work and, and whatnot. Tell us how you choose your current role and, and, and what that all entails. Yeah, my, you know, my current role, it's, it's leading a team of, of HR professionals, both internal HR operations and, and external HR operations. And really my role, you know, we're, we're a small company. So we're all wearing a lot of hats, but from an HR perspective, it's really helping clients develop HR and people strategies to help mm-hmm. grow their business. And. So that's where a lot of my focus is today, in addition to, you know, just other HR related items and then truly helping to build their experience with and giving them the tools and resources they need to serve their employees within their respective company. And at, at, at Connectify HR, you have your younger PO, right? What, what, how would you even describe the term there, right? Because like it's, it's a very, very experienced team that you assembled, right? On the leadership side, a lot of A players, people with a lot of experience, right? And a huge amount of potential. Like, would you classify yourself as a startup, as a scaler? What's, what's the yeah. term that, that, that is used? Yeah, it's, we've been really using the, using the term that we're just new. And I, you know, I think sometimes startup gets a maybe negative connotation for lack of a better phrase that, you know, maybe you don't know what you're doing or maybe you don't have everything in place. And, and so we, you know, and that's, that's just not the case with us. Like you had mentioned, we have the, to back the work that we do. And, yeah. and so we just kind of talk that we're new. We're a new PEO. We're, and we're here to, to serve our communities. 
Yeah, I assume then it's you know the combination of a proven technology with um, with a proven leadership team. Now, now it's more about like how do you differentiate against you know some other players uh, in the market? What drew you into that specific challenge, so to speak? Right? What what was exciting for you? Yeah, it was. I will say it was a difficult decision. You know, it has impact on family and. But for me, I just knew that it was the right move for a number of reasons, but I did want a challenge. I wanted to do something I'd never done before. I wanted to be part of building a company that truly was being built to last, where our reputation stands on our own. And I wanted to get involved with primarily the people that 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 are there. And I've all of those individuals are not only colleagues, but they're true friends and we have each other's back, you know. So it's that was another reason. But and then finally, just being part of a legacy and being helped to write the story of an organization and, and seeing it years down the road and how it how it continues to change. So that's, I guess, some of the reasons. But but the biggest one is just that that it is a challenge and it's it's something new and different. Yeah, and oftentimes in life, these times where you get stretched a little bit, right, and it, it is challenging why it's difficult in the moment as five, 10 years later on, we reflect on that. Those are oftentimes the most rewarding times, right? And, mm-hmm. and memorable uh, experiences. So you, you mentioned to create that legacy. You mentioned the concept of uh, starting something new. How do you, how do you think about creating that brand in the market and, and building awareness on a fairly tactical level? How do you go about that? Yeah, that's that's a good question. You know, right now it is for us anyways, it's all about awareness. It's not about lead generation. It's not about trying to get clients in the door. It's really about this is who we are. This is our story. This is why we're here. And so we do a lot of that through, you know, social media, social channels. All of us are real connected to various organizations and networking groups here where we all live. And so that's another way for to get the word out. But also just continuing to stay connected to small businesses, you know, whether they're a, a client or a prospect or not. Again, we're our mission is we're we're here to serve and and to serve our communities and those businesses. And so a lot of it is just word of mouth. And, and you mentioned like the community. So it's it's a strategy to start in the local community and, and grow from there? Or, you know, as, as, you, as you think about the firm, if you think about the, the branding, is that something that you, you're rolling out on a national level? I think, I think naturally it, it's going to happen, you know, locally because that's, mm-hmm. that's where we're at. But, you know, we're fully prepared to serve clients wherever they are across the United States. And so, you know, I think over time that will continue to morph and change. But, but yes, to answer your question, we, we we are kind of starting off uh, here with with those who we know, our friends who have businesses, and and other people here in the community. One of the points that you mentioned about like the why, right? What why joining the company sound like was the people side, right? The people you get to work with on on a daily basis. You know, the, the question now is, you know, initially it it, it seems like potentially a little bit easier to attract the right people, right? So. How do you think about recruiting as you are scaling up, right? And then what is the plan or the, the, the goal to kind of like keep that culture and, and, and have it scale? 
Yeah, we're we're kind of approaching it that we're all recruiters, and 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 honestly, I think that should be true for any organization. I mean, leverage the talent that you have to bring individuals into the organization. So that's that's what kind of how we're handling it right now. You know, from a scale perspective, we'll be, we'll scale based off of growth, and you know, there's data and models, and we have a great organization, industry organization, Napio. You know, who which all. PEOs can benefit from their research and data. So we'll use that to kind of balance and look at our capacity to, you know, determine how we have to scale. And, you know, I think it's interesting, you know, when you when you talk about culture, your people are your culture. And so it is naturally going to change. And and that is one thing, you know, as the internal HR leader is how how do you stand firm in your values and your service commitments as people come in and out? And and I wonder, are are they going to be as committed as I am? And, you know, I think that's part of where the, you know, you hire who you know, and you hire, you know, the people that are great at client service. And, and so those are some of the things that I think as we continue to grow, we'll, we'll evaluate and, and, but certainly culture is culture is key and and that will be a point of a focus for us yeah that that that, that resonates you know at, at thrivefest we are also very core values driven right we call it the care boards courageous authentic resourceful and excellent right and to be a little more light we kind of like use the care bear there and, and whatnot but like it, it's, it's one of those things we use it for certainly on the recruiting side right so that there are certain questions that will ensure we we have we hire people that that fit into those those core values but then also how do you use it on the promotion side right rewards and recognition and like really making sure that that becomes the you know part of the dna and even going so far far that like the concept there is like hey if, if the leader of the team if the ceo is not in the room you know the employers have essentially the freedom to make decisions as long as within kind of like our guiding, guiding, guiding principles. Yeah. Yep. You're absolutely right. I think it's important. We have values um, as well. And, and how do you weave those in throughout the employee life cycle? You know, whether it's performance reviews or hiring questions or promotions, as you, as you had mentioned, I think it's, it's really those values that should drive behavior. And and it's not all just about getting the job done, but it's how you get the job done, which is important. And, and, and from, from your work logistics perspective, are you guys all in one office? Is it a hybrid model? Do you hire across the United States? And then also, what is the, what is the plan for the years to come? Yeah, years to come, it's going to be TBD, I think, mm-hmm. you know, just as things change. I mean, as generations enter the workforce, what's important to employees change. And and right now, I think we're seeing younger generations appreciate flexibility in where they work. And then with the COVID-19 pandemic, it kind of demanded remote work. And for us right now, we really have a structure that's flexible where we can get to work. We get together to work as, as we need to. And, you know, from a client service perspective, that's what's most important. So we're going to make that determination for us based of, of how best can we serve our clients and how can we get how, how do we best serve the business? So, you know, right now it's it's remote, but I, that could change in the future for sure. Yeah, I think this is a very interesting answer from, from a couple of different dimensions, right? And, and one for me is like the acknowledgement of, of change, right? And, and, and that's probably in the last five years, two years, even right now on a day-to-day basis, it, it feels to me that like the, the pace of change is, is increasing mm-hmm. and the organization that 
we learn the fastest, adapt the fastest, right? We'll will probably do really well. And in that concept, your 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 answer about TBD, what what might happen in three to five years, right? It's an honest answer and makes a lot of sense, right? Because I, I do think we gotta we gotta be you know somewhat flexible. So let's maybe um, shift a little bit to to the overall strategy of Connectify. And you know we, we mentioned you know the idea of coming to to an established PO market, right? How do you differentiate? How is how is the company different from from some of the other players in the market? Yeah, I think you know there are several elements that I think make us different. One, I I believe that we're nimble. We have flexibility within our HR best practices, and then we have the technology and the processes to support it. And we structure it in this way, really, because every client's needs are different, and they come from different sizes and different industries. And so I think we you have to be flexible. And so that's that's one element that I believe. Uh, makes us different. Second, I would say a focus again, our focus on community. You'll you'll hear me talk about that a lot. Mm-hmm. But you know, and for us, we define community where we live, but also where we work, where we do business, and where we serve our clients. And so we are we are in business to help our communities thrive, and we provide services that give back to businesses. But then, in addition to that, we provide our you know a portion of our profits and our time to serve those other organizations that are that are helping our communities. So. I think um, that makes us a little bit unique. And then finally, I would just say, you know, it's just truly our focus on client service. And and I think, you know, a lot of organizations say, you know, that's that's number one, but we have a lot of processes and thoughts and commitments that we roll out to support that and and to make sure that we're fulfilling kind of our client service commitments. And and for us, the hub of that is communication. I think if you don't have communication, everything breaks down. And so that's that's really kind of our strict communication. You mentioned a couple of times the the theme of a community, right? And, you know, giving back, right? How, how is that currently implemented in the future? Are there donations, right, to certain charities? Is it more like one-offs? Is there a program place? How do you, how do you think about that? Yeah, we we do do something. We we pick a organization or a focus on a monthly basis, and then we have volunteer hours to support kind of that. So we understand that a lot of your the time that organizations need help is during the work week, and so we provide volunteer time off for our employees to go do those things, and they may be related to the focus that the company has for the month, and it may not be. But really, it's it, that's one way that we're trying to show our employees that it's important to us and also to demonstrate to the community that it that it's important to us. Yeah, I'm sure there's this this element as well of like you give back, right? But like as as you're helping, as you're supporting, you're also receiving something, right? And I'm sure that is uh, a critical, you know, element of the, the fulfillment of the employees. So so I think the second element that I want to dive into is is client relations. So our our program is really again based off of our experience. You know, it's it's funny as a team we talk about all the time. You know, if we had if we could do it different, well now we can. You know, now we have the opportunity. We're all here together to do to kind of serve that same purpose. And so we're really taking our collective experiences throughout our years of service in the PEO industry and kind of combining those together to come up kind of with what our client service program is and. And like I mentioned before, communication is really the linchpin to it. And so we've defined what that looks like throughout the client partnership. 
we've defined our service commitments and what does that mean to us and how how does that look in action? Another component to it is celebrations. And that sounds kind of strange, but from our perspective, as an example, when a client hits 15 employees, like, okay, yeah, we get to help them with some other compliance HR items, but mm -hmm. they got to 15 employees. I mean, that's, that's a that's, big yeah. deal for yeah. them. Mm -hmm. So let's celebrate it. Let's help them. Let's, let's help them recognize, you know, in the community and, and within their company, what a big deal that is. So that's uh, a part for us that where it becomes, it's more than just a bunch of transactions, mm -hmm. you know, together. It, it, it truly is a relationship that's built to last on these elements and, and really so many more. On the communication side that you mentioned, is that mainly communication to the employees of your client, to the HR partner? Or, or both and then also in in what what is the methodology typically you know are there you know certain email campaigns reminder push notifications are we talking about frequent touch points how's that concept rolled out yeah it's i think uh a good point it does vary by the audience whether it's you know the business owner whether it's their employees whether it's our day-to-day -day contact for operations which may or may not be the business owner so i think it really depends and and it is a combination of, you know, depending on what stage of the life cycle the client is in, but we have custom and, and well-defined and thought out communication plans for specific things. Take open enrollment, for example, is one of them. But then we really look to our clients to say, how would you like us to communicate with your employees? We mm -hmm. Some clients may, may want to take the lead on that on that communication, and some of them would rather have us take the lead. And so we we really take our cues, you know, in terms from what the client, from what the client likes and, and, and what they prefer. So it's, it's a, it's a combination. And, and of course, you know, throughout the client partnership, there's times where there's, you know, proactive planned out touch points. And then there's times where there's fires and situations and, and we do our best to respond quickly and efficiently in those situations. So, and, and how do you figure out? Like you mentioned, that there are obviously different preferences, right? Based on the personality, based on you know the industry, the size of the organization. Is there a systematic approach for you to find that out? So, like an intake form or the onboarding process. Tell us more about that. Yes, it it is systematic. It is part of our implementation plan. I would say it's it's one of those things that we ask early on from a client, and we understand that it can change. And just as their leadership comes in and out, that can change. But it is it's just a pointed question that we ask. We try not to assume because <laughs> we all know what happens when when we do that. And so it's it's asking the question and then following up on it. Is this still how you would like us to handle this approach? But yes, it is it is part of our initial conversations. And as we're talking about like client relationships and, and client retentions, right? How do you think about the market entry? Is it by industry? Do you focus on a certain vertical or is, is, is the service really industry agnostic? It really is. I would say for the most part, it's, it's industry agnostic. We have the ability to serve any type of industry. I think there might be some industries that are more common than others, but I think anybody can benefit from our services. If you have employees, you need HR, you need payroll, you need benefits. And so it's from that perspective, you know, it's the, it's, we're agnostic and, and we're willing to serve anybody who, who needs our services and, and whom we believe could benefit from our services. And, and then let me ask you this on, on the flip side, right? Mm -hmm. Are there certain organizations where you would say, Hey, based on those, 
three or five criteria, this this might not be a good fit. Yeah, you know, I think there's there's always going to be those situations that that it might not be a, be a good fit, and and you know, I think we're we'll be the first to say it. We we're not out to sell services or help businesses that it might not be the right solution for them. And but I would say more often than not, it's it's probably a matter of timing than anything. It's just the timing isn't right for whatever reason, and and that's where we stay in touch. We stay curious. We keep connected to them because who knows when things change and. And they need, they decide that they need our services. So it's, it can go both ways. And, but certainly we're, like I said, we're, we're here to help. We're not, we're not here to, to provide something that's not needed. So, so the organization is very focused on the community, on serving the clients, right? Uh, this, I mean, that, that, that clearly shines through. How do you involve your clients in terms of making the right strategic decision for the company, right? Whether that is a change in the process, technology enhancements, what's kind of like that, that feedback loop that you establish between the organization and the client? Yeah, that's that's a that's a great question. I mean, we that's one of the things that I think that also makes us a little bit different is that we ask for their feedback and and we want their feedback to be a part of designing and crafting whatever it is that we come up with. So we ask them, we ask them early on, we ask them along the way, we ask them when we have a new product or service, you know, we're thinking about adding something like this, do you think it would be of interest to your client or to your employees? And so it's 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 it really comes down to just again communication and and typically, you know, we have targeted touch points with with our clients and and that's really an opportunity for us to ask some of those questions, but you know, we we can come up with ideas all day long, but I, I truly believe that when you share those ideas and they're transplanted into somebody else's head, that's where they really start to grow and flourish and new things come up. And so we, we, we try not to operate in a vacuum and, and involve as many as we can. Perfect. So now as, as you grow in the organization, right? And, uh, you know, a lot of us can resonate with that with all the challenges right that this is not a this is not an easy easy task but very rewarding right as we discussed uh, early on what are kind of like the the big challenges and opportunities that that you you're foreseeing in the next uh, let's say 12 to 24 months you know i think the opportunities are are just continuing to get our name out and continuing to talk about our story i think those Mm -hmm. are opportunities i think you know, now that hopefully the cloud of COVID is is lifting somewhat, we'll get some more opportunities to actually physically meet with people and and have those conversations and kind of hear their 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 challenges and and what's going on. You know, from a challenging challenges perspective, I think it's just as the landscape continues to change. You know, employers, large and small, are struggling to find talent, and so how can we help them with that? And how can we ourselves, you know, find talented individuals to help join the organization and and our cause and, and stay connected. And so it's those, I would say would, would be a couple mm-hmm. of the, the, the biggest challenges. And then, you know, certainly just uh, keeping up with growth and, and providing that great service uh, to our customers. Kelly, you mentioned very early in the conversation, you mentioned Napio played a role in, in, in your career as well, right? Maybe tell us a little bit about your involvement to Napio and if there's a story, if there's like an, a, a tangible example, it's like, you know what, like this 
was the connection or like something that I learned and, and benefited from. I think that might be really interesting uh, for sure. us to dive in. Yeah, no, you know, my my interactions with that organization have really just been from a resource perspective. Yeah. They've been a resource for me to reach out to and ask questions and learn and and grow, you know, even early on from that perspective, you know, from a Connectify perspective, I have other colleagues that are very well connected within within that organization. Primarily just they've been in it longer and and serve on some committees and interact uh, with those leaders. And so it's it's just amazing to me. I mean, I've been in worked in other industries and I just I have not seen an organization like them that is so committed to supporting their members, really. I mean, even when you look at what they do on the Hill and lobbying and legislative efforts, they know the challenges that PEOs have and they're willing to go to bat um, for all of us every day. And I just, I'm grateful for that. And I, you know, I think it's something that we, we, we certainly should, should reach out to them as a resource and, and, and promote them whenever we can. Thanks for sharing that. Kelly, outside of, of Napio, for you from a leadership perspective, from a, HR professional perspective, what are some other resources where you might get some inspiration from, right? Are you going to the Prism HR conference? Are there certain blogs you're reading, podcasts, books, anything that you would uh, recommend here to, to the audience? Yeah. yeah, you know, I think from just an HR, a couple of things, from an HR perspective, you know, the Society for Human Resource Management, both our, our national and our local chapter is a go-to for me to be able to network with colleagues and professionals um, in that field. So that's where I get a lot of that. But from a, like even just a, I would say a leadership perspective, there's a couple of people. I really like Simon Sinek. I think um, I try to listen and read his leadership thoughts as much as I can. There's someone by the name of Sarah Noel Wilson, who is actually here in Iowa, but she is an amazing human. She's an amazing speaker and and speaks a lot of, of leadership and so i've had the opportunity to listen to her in person a couple times and she just recently came out and and it, it's it's pretty good so those are those are a few things and and really just for me i mean i think you can find inspiration in anything and just even if you stop to pause and and take a look and but those are probably a few of the go-to that i use frequently thank you yeah i think it's always interesting to kind of like have some tangible takeaways, right? And, and, and resources here. So uh, Kelly, thanks for sharing that. If somebody wants to dig deeper with you, you mentioned like to Sherm, you kind of like have a peer group and you know that works really well to, to brainstorm about certain ideas. Uh, what's the best way to connect and reach out to you? The best way is probably through my email address through Connectify, going to our website, you can reach me. Um, through that or through LinkedIn as well. I'm on social media channels too, but I will say I'm a, I was a late adopter to those. Primarily, probably most same part just because of my profession. But I'm I'm very active on LinkedIn, and and that's a great way to to get in touch with. Me. This podcast is sponsored by ThrivePass, a trusted PO partner for employee benefits from pre-tax accounts to COBA administration. ThrivePass empowers employees to thrive through exceptional service and innovative technology. More at thrivepass.com. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe and visit us at po-podcast.com to learn more. I'm Andreas Deptoller and this is the PEO Podcast. We'll see you next time.